Welcome to Little Birdie Podcast, US Open edition. It's golf. We're talking all things golf. It's hot at the moment, golf. And uh tell you, someone as white hot as uh, Nick Top Rope Tedeschi. Last time in the US PGA Championship, Mido Pereira got their wobbles coming out last tee and cost everyone at home, everyone listening. I'm surely sure that you dabbled at the 201, but Top Rope, I don't think he's gotten over it. But uh, welcome back to the show, Nick Tedeschi. Yeah, we'll never get over it. I will never get over that one. That one's uh, that one's burned into the memory. Uh, yeah, seeing that shot, uh, seeing that swing, just go, "Ooh, that looks ugly!" And then the next shot was the the ball in the middle of that creek. It's <laughs> like, well, we're in some strife, <laughs> we're in some froth and bubble. But anyway, it's good to have a tournament of one shot in the mix. That's uh, yeah, at least we were we were doing the right things. So all good. The king of first round leaders, Mike Dogger Creedy, joins us again. How are you, Dogger? Very well, mate. Yeah, I uh, I didn't have a Zach on him on Mido, but God, I was I was really hurting for you. I won't lie, top rope. I was as soon as that went in, there were tears. Uh, oh, I wish I could say there were tears, dog. There was just it was just a, a, a string of broken uh, broken items around the office. It's one of those ones that you just struggle to recover from, and I think uh, Mido himself will have those demons for quite some time. But it was a Stephen Bradbury like performance, wasn't it, from JT to win and. JT was another good result for you, Top Rope, wasn't he? You tipped him up on the show. Wasn't yep. too bad, but uh, missed the giant, Phil. Uh, yeah, look, in, t- in terms of you know, financials, probably a, a, yeah, a little bit of difference, obviously, with a turn into one shot and a, uh, <laughs> a 14 to one shot. But um, it, it, the thing that hurt the most was you go down in the annals as one of the greats if you start firing at 201 winners. That's never forgotten, so... <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, this will never be forgotten either. This is this is this is the modern day Jean Vanderveld, unfortunately. So here we are. There. We survive. Mate, you're always at a great at Little Birdie headquarters, that's for sure. It's uh it snuck up on us really, really quickly, the US Open, and uh, I guess all the controversies around uh, the live tournament and uh, there's a lot of pot shots coming from Rory McElroy had a go at the shark. But I can't really, uh, can't really bag anyone. Anyone that's uh, sees money lying around on the floor or wants to cash in for a big payday, I think they're absolutely crackers not to try and pick it up. You speak to a couple of the uh, old Test cricketers and One Day stars, and they talk about you know the big bash and the T Twenty format, and they're absolutely filthy that they miss the cash cow of T uh, Twenty cricket. So I can't really uh, blame them. And the and the more po- like publicity around golf, the more hype. I think it's better for the game long term, and it just puts more pressure on uh, other sponsors to sort of pay a premium price for the US PGA Tour. What do you think, uh, Dogger? Um, yeah, look, you're not wrong. I mean, it's, it is very, very difficult to sort of say, you know, for someone like DJ's won 75 million in, in his career in you know a dozen years on tour, someone goes he's 150 to turn up just to play. It makes it very, very difficult to knock back. I think the the point that I'm probably going to struggle with is is Big Greg's offered us a. Uh, a world tour and something different and this is what the people want and so far we've got a 54 hole stroke play event that doesn't have a cut uh, <laughs> that's pretty much what i say every week and and the field isn't exactly light and fires so i'm not sure there's a lot of there's a lot of room to grow and i think if they can if they can do what they want to do and we can as australians might see an event every year or something like that, that that'd be awesome um but yeah that's put into the side where the money comes from that's a whole nother kettle of fish but Look for me if they if they deliver on what they're talking about on a world tour and the best players that that's not a bad thing. But if it doesn't get there, um, yeah, I don't know how much I'll be watching. And how deep are their pockets, top rope? Is this a flash in the pan or is there sustained money here? How deep is their pockets? There, there, there is no depth. There, 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 there's <laughs> infinite, 
Uh, they, they, this, this, uh, like, they could outspend the PGA Tour five million times over, and it won't. It, uh, they won't blink. Like, this has got absolutely nothing to do with cash. This is, yeah. You know, like, take all the politics and, and stuff out of it. This is going to be. If it gets into a battle of finances, then it, this 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 war is already over. So, yeah, you, know, you put the PGA, uh, you know, Jay Monahan in particular, is kind of appealing to the heart. The heartstrings, and look, nobody wants to see great tournaments like Riviera, great course like Riviera or, or Bay Hill or any of those go by the wayside. But I think there's definitely room in the middle to get rid of some of the absolute rot that goes on, particularly yeah, at the, the turnaround part of the season, to kind of get that to the world, you know. And yeah, you know, great golfing countries like Australia and South Africa, yeah, who absolutely miss out on. Yeah, some great tournaments. China, you know, barely gets a look in. Japan barely gets a look in. I know, I know they've kind of expanded a little bit into there. But um, for me, the best outcome here is that the DP World Tour probably keeps their powder dry, probably ends up siding with the, the, uh, the Live Golf and, and creating something a little bit more interesting on the world stage where, where yeah, the Australian Open is part of all this, where we do get... Yeah, big time golf in South America, and this all kind of yeah facilitates well where where players can go to the best tournaments in the world, and and there is big money golf all year round or for, for most of the year, but but big names can pick and choose where they're going rather than you know rather than making you know, good golfers go and play in the Sanderson Farms or something like that, which honestly nobody cares about. Like I understand why they've got it, but um, yeah, to me the, the the opportunity like I thought they got to a pretty good start in terms of how they they kind of got through a tournament. But like Doug said, it was one of the most boring tournaments you've ever watched in your life. Charles Schwartzel led Henny Duplessis uh, after round one and, and, and by a shot, and, and three rounds later, he led Henny Duplessis by a shot. You know, like nothing happened. But to me, the most interesting parts were the the, the propaganda that, that, that the Live Golf put out in terms of how big the crowd was and how excited everyone was, and then the almost WWE... Uh, finished to uh, to the Canadian Open, where coincidentally all the big names were right in the mix, and it was a, it was a big time finish. And the number one the number one warrior for the PGA Tour, Rory McIlroy, came out on top. So uh, it was a it was a bit there for the weekend to, to keep you amused. It was a funny one with Rory, like guys like Poulter, McIlroy, they've been jumping around between the European Tour and the PGA Tour. So that's for mine. It's a little bit rich to start slagging off other tournaments, but. Um... I guess he was knocking the door down, Rory, as well, and he was sort of due to find some form. But it was a bit out of character, little sideswipe at Shark. It probably didn't need to be said, to be honest. They're not mates at all. I think Rory, uh, Rory's been pretty steadfast for a long time. That he's not a big fan. <laughs> Regardless of what side you're on, like I, I fully re- respect those who are all in on it. Either side, like I, I actually have no problem with. Yeah, if Bryson wants to go. Play it and he's kind of making this career. That's fine. Rather that than the, the than some of the, you know, other the Ian Poulters and Lee Westwoods who, who are just going to make the money go at the end of their career, than some of the ones like you know perhaps a DJ who who kind of like, oh no fully committed to the PGA Tour and then two months later he's off. So um, yeah, I, I love that Rory and JT are all in on this. And yeah, regardless of what side you are on, on this argument, I don't think anyone wants to see the PGA Tour kind of go by the wayside. So yeah, they certainly need some some warriors there and. I guess the big fear is probably from both sides is that this becomes not the Indian Premier League where it's it just, just suck out the the best players from from, from perhaps more more you know, conventional 
you know, tournaments and those with a bit of history, but no one actually gives a damn. Yeah, how long's the IPL been going for? 20 years. It's all manufactured, nobody cares. So um and you know, the, the big selling point for the League of Golf was teams, well, they had one they had the worst graphic design of all time put together the logos <laughs> and come up with the names. But yeah, two, like hasn't really been explained as to yeah, are these guys the captains of the teams every week? Are we having a redraft? Because if you're redrafting teams every week, it's gonna be very, very hard to commit yourself to a team. Yeah, it's a bit of a dog's breakfast, but uh I, I sort of like your points too. If they can get it on a worldwide uh, tour um, and deliver in in time, I think it's going to be uh, a good concept, and hopefully more kids come through and more opportunity for all. Because um, I guess it's yeah, it's tough going at the pointy end, but uh, more golf in Australia would definitely be a, uh, a win. I think we're starved of it a little bit, and just hopefully we can find the sponsors and some uh, cash to sort of fund it. And that's our big problem, I guess. Uh, looking at the different populations between us and the US and and other regions. Let's uh, let's put the blinkers on and uh, start to hone in on the US Open. Brooks Kepka Skull, he just wants us to talk about the US Open. He must be thinking he's half a chance, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he defects for uh, the money too because he's very selective in terms of what tournaments he plays. But uh, this week we're heading to the Country Club in uh, Brookline, Massachusetts, and uh, I read a description of the course and it said tight fairways, thick rough greens that are smaller than small. I hear that and I instantly want to put the text through Bryce and DeChambeau. But Dogger, tell us a little about the uh, course profile. Yes, good. You summed it up very well. Um, I've looked at a lot of the flyovers, had a long look at the course. It, Brooklines, are, or Country Club at Brooklines, a course that's made up of three nine-hole tracks and then they basically put together a composite course similar to what we do at RM um, for President's Cup. So it's going to be a course where um, you're going to need to be in the fairway, in my opinion. The grass is going to have a bit of a graduated rough, so if you're just a little bit off, you might be okay, but you don't want to be deep. Um, and you're probably right with with um, Bryson. So Bryson, when he won his US Open, he was just hitting it as far as he could and, and sort of being able to chop it out. I don't know that that's going to work as well here. There's a lot of uh, rocky, rocky outcrops. There's things that are going to get in his way that are going to probably uh, do a bit of damage and for me, I really want someone who's going to be able to hit it in the fairway and hit greens. I mean, these greens, as you said, are small. So these are probably, if not the smallest, one of the one of the smallest couple that they're going to play on all year. So you're going to need someone that's going to be able to hit them because if you don't, you're going to be in pots and they're everywhere and all the way around. It's quite thick, rough, all, all the edgings of the bunkers. So uh, there's going to be a lot of scrambling going on, which is, you know, that's a US Open, isn't it? And it looks like there's a little bit of rain around Friday, but not much wind. No, it looks looks pretty good for weather. Um, looks like there's going to be a bit of a balance in the draw, especially when we looked at the I looked at the first round leader stuff. So the guys that are going to be out in the morning on Thursday look like they're going to get a, a little bit less wind than the guys that are playing in the afternoon, which is pretty stock standard. But then Friday, it looks like it's going to be a little bit breezy all day, and then a little bit of rain in the afternoon. So the guys that got a bit of less wind on Thursday will got a bit of rain on Friday, and then other than that, it looks like a pretty Pretty standard week of weather in the 20s uh, Celsius rough. All right. We may as well look at uh, first round leaders, uh, the market there. So it's 21 Rory McElroy, then Ram at 26 with JT Scheffler. And then you can get 33 to 1 about Cam Smith, Morikawa, Spieth, Cantlay, uh, Shuffley, and Fitzpatrick are starting to get out to the 40 to 1 mark. And then you've got Zelotoris and uh, Yakon Nimmin and Shane Lowry at 40 to 1 and much better than the rest. Who are your. Uh, I guess Cam Smith's nearly an auto bet first round. He just always gets off to an absolute heater uh, for these big tournaments, it feels like. And he just sometimes finds someone, just one better to sort of one knock better. us off. 
Yeah, that's it. Now, nah, look, Cam Smith's got great form as a, as a round one leader. Um, I haven't picked him this week, not because I don't like him overall as a golfer. I think he's obviously the best Aussie that's got a chance. Um, but he's having a real struggle keeping the ball in, off the tee in the fairway, and um, that that might go against him this week. Uh, as I always say, I really like to pick around five guys, nothing nothing too big on the bets, but really like a shot for a bit of value because you're gonna, there's a solid chance you can have a tie after round one and get a split pot. The guys I'm looking at uh, from favourites out is Cantlay, who's around 34. Uh, Young is around 40-odd. I think he was up around 50 last night. Neiman's around 40. Harold Varner the third around 67. And then the, the other one that's around the same sort of price, around 67, is Aaron Wise, the original Wise guy. So he's the sort of guy that I could see uh, playing a bit, bit of good golf. And, and these guys are all out in the morning. So I've really leaned into that. Right, if you're going to get a little bit less wind, you might get a little bit of a leg up and, uh, yeah, play, play the uh, averages. Okay, so <clears throat> Patrick Cantlay, Young, Varner, and there was one other I missed? Wise and Neiman. Wise and Neiman. Okay, so going a little bit wider here. Top rope, any uh, any fancy for uh, or any speculator for first-round leader? Not really your forte. Not my forte, but I managed, I managed to find about 10 bets every tournament on those scoots. So. No doubt. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, I definitely agree with, with a lot of what Dogger said. I'd probably rather be with the morning guys. Uh, Jordan Spieth and Will Zalatoris are two that kind of popped up for me. Uh, Jordan Spieth uh, ranks seventh in strokes game total on in round one in difficult courses. So uh, really looking for, for kind of those, those who can thrive in, in, in kind of difficult conditions. Uh, and a couple in the afternoon, the afternoon slot that, that I'll be backing. I, you know, I hate to say, I, I don't know if he's going to be able to go on with it, but top 10 Tony, Tony Finau, I think, is, is very well suited here and has historically been been very good. He ranks fifth in strokes going total in difficult courses and 11th strokes going tear to green, which is one of the key stats. I mean, uh, Justin Rose, Rosie's been finding some form of late as well. He comes in the afternoon draw, but he, uh, he does particularly well around the greens. In, in first rounds, he ranks 10th strokes going around the green, so uh, on difficult courses. So I'll be having a little nibble at him as well. Okay. Let's uh, let's have a look at uh, the recent form, I guess, Rory McIlroy, and we'll look at the uh, the outright winner market here for the US Open, and it's McIlroy that's favourite here at $11 from JT13, Ram 16 uh, Scheffler 16 Cam Smith $22, Cantlay 23 Scheffler is 23 Sam Burns 29 Lowry, similar quote, Yakin Nimmin. He's 31, Speed 31, Fitzpatrick 31, Morikawa 38, and Matsuyama 38. Uh, Tony, as you said, a bit better suited here, $38. And Victor Hovland is 38. Then you've got DJ at 44 and Sung J Im at 44. And the rest are sort of shopping around 50 to 1 at topsport.com.au. But McElroy's win uh, last weekend, he's starting to he's starting to be really consistent uh, in the PGA Tour at the moment, especially around the majors. Can he, can he break through here? Yeah, look, he's he's obviously had a bit of a drought on the majors. He uh, he's finding form though. He's probably been the player that for a long time has always kind of had thrown. I think we talked about it before. He throws in that one poor round, and then he sort of has to battle his way back for the rest of the tournament. Uh, and you just can't do that in a major. Um, if you're going to have a bad tournament here, it's not going to be a seventy-three. It's going to be a seventy-eight, and that's just a long way back. Um, his form's, his form's been exceptional. He obviously won last week at the Canadian 18th at Memorial, 8th in the PGA, 5th at Wells Fargo. He's, he's just knocking up top 20. So every time he, he turns up, 
he probably has a bit of fire in the belly, like you said before, Scoot, around the, the lift stuff. But there's, there's not much in life, you know, that he has to worry about anymore. He's not worried about making a, any coin. He's, he's, you know, he's got a family now. He's, he's a different cat. So I don't know. I think maybe the lift stuff might have fired him up a little bit last week. It was good to see him close because Justin Thomas did catch him quite late. And I was looking for Rory to fall over, but he didn't. So, uh, yeah, he put the pedal down and went away, which was good. Top rope, uh, can he go back to back here? Uh, well, geez, best to fall over, dog, with a couple of missed three-footers, but uh, he, he did come good in the end. Uh, look, to me, yeah, the, we talked about it earlier, the key the key stats here are, you know, for me, you, you may not decide from the tee, but you can rule yourself out from the tee. And strokes going tee to green, you know, total driving, strokes going off the tee and driving distance uh, are probably the four driving stats I'm looking at. And Rory is top 10 in all of those. So, you know, you absolutely can't rule him out. I think he's a deserved favourite at the moment. He's a little short for mine based on his major record and his, yeah, I've still got a few question marks over kind of his mental ability to kind of really put four rounds together, which we've talked about. So um, absolutely cannot rule him out. He comes out top of my model, but I don't think he's any value at the price. So no bet for me. JT holding his form, and uh, we'll speak about John Rahm as well. First to you, Dogger, probably. Yeah, look, JT, I'm a big fan of the law of averages. So if I look at last week and say it was Rory and JT fighting it out, when Rory wins, I caught up almost say he's not going to go back-to-back and win this week. Just on pure averages, that just doesn't happen. So I kind of favour JT. So JT is probably the one right at the pointy end. He comes up top of my market um, and he comes top of my um, modelling. Um, he... Yeah, he's ranked in the stuff that I'm looking at. Strokes gained approach, scrambling, strokes gained off the tee, bogey avoidance. He's top five, top ten across the board. So for me, he's, he's probably one of my best picks. Uh, John Rahm's not. John Rahm, for me, uh, has probably let the putter go away a little bit. And, um, yeah, he's one that I sort of probably won't be coming near this week. I know a lot of people like him. He's, he's you know, done one some very big tournaments, but just not seeing the form on him at the minute. Would you agree? Rahm's still in the wilderness a little bit, top right? Yeah, he's kind of getting out to a to, to a bettable price in terms of, you know, he's kind of left that $11, 12 $13 level and you can kind of get $17, $18 very much. I still won't be backing him. I, I completely agree, but I, I think you need decent form heading into a US Open. I don't think you can um, play for something. I know he won in Mexico, but that was about as weak a tournament as the PGA Tour has had in a long time. So um, I, I will be letting him go. I totally agree with Justin Thomas. Thomas is my top selection uh, here as well. Yeah, not only you know does the statistical profile hold up really well. Like he's number one in, in bogey avoidance, which to me is absolutely that, that that is not only an ability to get out of trouble. It tells me what kind of player you are and how you're going to approach a US Open. And I think that's exactly the right attitude. That, you know, you are going to find trouble and you can get out of it. So, but he's got great form on on kind of Gil Hans redesign courses. Obviously, the PGA Championship, uh, and in the Northeast, he won the uh, the 2019 BMW. Uh, at Aronomic, he was top 10 in the 2020 US Open at, at Wingfoot. Uh, yeah, he's got an eighth in the 2018 Northern Trust. Um, I, I absolutely love JT this year. Kind of one, of, one of the things that was hanging over me was that, you know, how hard is it to win two majors in a year? Well, yeah, it, obviously it's it's incredibly difficult, but not 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 entirely uncommon over the last decade either. You know, we've seen Spieth do it, we've seen Rory do it, we've seen Brooks do it. So, uh, all in the last decade. So um, I am not yeah, not going to rule him out on that. So J- Justin Thomas, my top selection. Scotty Scheffler and Cam Smith are two of the most consistent golfers uh, all season. They both seem to be in the finish 
most of the time uh, for the majority of tournaments. Who's most suited here out of the two for you, Dogger? Gee, that's a good question. Um, I'll, I'll say Cam Smith. I don't love either of them. I think um, Scheffler's putters ice cold since the Masters and, and you're going to have to make some putts here. It is smaller greens. I don't know whether that's going to help or hinder. Um, but Cam Smith, because strokes gain approach for me is going to be the, one of the biggest things you're going to need and Cam Smith's an absolute freak show at it. If, he, if, he's, if his irons are on, he's one of the two. The, his biggest problem is going to be his driver. And I just read this morning he's taken half an inch off the length of his driver, which will help him hit it a bit straighter. But, um, yeah, of those two, I'd be picking Cam. He can, uh, he's sort of like me, he can just throw in a, a rogue sort of snap hook or a, a miss off the tee in a sort of critical moment and find himself sort of trying to chop his way out of the out of the piss a little bit, can't he? He, uh, he has the left miss and the right miss. He doesn't, he doesn't favor <laughs> either. He, he, he's, he's, he's pretty good. He's like the rest of us. <laughs> he's, uh, he's human, which is uh, good to see because some of those uh, short game highlights that we've seen the last couple of weeks have just been uh, absolutely off the charts. All right, let's uh, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Top rope. I'll let you go first. Uh, you've already declared your uh, your top pick in J two. Who's uh, who's his best roughie? Who's his two hundred one chance that's going to get the shakes uh, late on uh, the final day and and throw in a lay as well? Give us someone that you can put a pen through. Yeah, I'll give you uh, I'll give you the lay because we were just talking earlier. I think Cameron Smith is absolutely the lay of the tournament. Uh, Rex one hundred <laughs> in, in total driving. Uh, you know, I thought. I thought he got the worst possible outcome in Canada last week. It's not usually a positive playing the week before the US Open, and it's certainly not a positive playing when you're not in contention and having to grind out uh, uh, four rounds up there. So um, I'm I'm absolutely laying uh, Cameron Smith at the the price there. Uh, I'll give you a uh, 225 to one roughly. (laughs) We're going to go real loose. Uh, Luke List. For me, it's uh, $220, I think $226 there, uh, Toppy. Uh, 16 strokes stand tee to green, 11 strokes stand off the tee, 11th driving distance, 15th green reg. Uh, hasn't really got any any, any big-time major form. He's a winner on tour this year. Uh, yeah, I just love him on these yeah, long, difficult courses. And like I know it's you know, not overly long, but for a past 70, it's obviously incredibly long, incredibly difficult. So, uh, And just throws in that yeah, ability to find greens as well, which is really good. So... Um, look this for me at the big price. Well, <clears throat> I haven't heard of him, so he might be a chancy dogger. Do you know anything about this bloke, or can you rubber stamp it? No, look is yeah, he yeah, top rope summed him up perfectly. He won already this year, he's a bomber, so he's a, he's a big hitter. He's been on tour for a while now. Um, he's certainly taken some of my money over time, and I think he's had, I reckon, a few three or four years ago, he was actually wasn't a bad early, early door starter. He was a first round leader bet for a while there, but no, I, I haven't got him this week. Um, as we said, JT's, you know, my top pick. I'll be floating a little bit around Matt Fitzpatrick, Shane Lowry, Sung Jae Im. But um, the one that I'll probably be putting a line through at the pointy end will be uh, – Top Rope's already put him on the table, so I will as well. I'm going to say Scotty Scheffler, can't we? Um, I, I, I'm just not seeing it. Form's not quite there. If I look at the top of the market, I could easily go and say, you know, someone like DJ and that. And I think a lot of people say that, but let's go someone right at the top so I can get slaughtered later on when he wins. And um, – for a smoky, I'm, I'm going to go with Aaron Wise. Aaron Wise, the original Wise guy. He's around 80 to 1, 80 to 90 to 1. Um, yeah, a lot of his stuff that he's doing, um, any strokes gain numbers are very, very good. And the part that he's been poor um, has been coming good the last couple of weeks. So I could see him having a pretty good week at a, at a solid number. And I think he's he's around uh, $7 top 10. So not a bad bet. Mm, you, uh, you're all over uh, Taylor Gooch, who uh, is another live 
uh, defector as well. So um, I love uh, there's plenty of action from uh, you this uh, week, Dogger, that's for sure. And uh, hopefully uh, Lukey Liss can get the chocolates as well or get in contention. But I love the boys. Uh, they're having a real crack this week. They've got Scheffler and Cam Smith in the gun. So that's balls of steel stuff. But uh, they're still just in this uh, love fest with JT. I'm, I sort of get a bit lippy or shirty with, uh, that you keep coming up with JT. I, I sort of wanted a bit more value. It's a little bit boring. I just find him a little bit vanilla, JT. He's cool, he's calm, collected, but he's, he's just got no spunk or he's got no pizzazz. Well, the only other two I like up there, uh, Shane Lowry, who's got a bit of spunk, and Matt Fitzpatrick, who I absolutely hate the bloke. He putts with the flag <laughs> in. He's, he's got no jazz at all. But his price is okay. His cross-handed kicking <laughs> drives me insane. Like, <laughs> he, he, he did win the US Amateur here in 2013. And he did. He did. Same house. So, um, yeah, if you want a couple more there, there's Scooty around the top of the market. Um, I'm with, with Dogger and Sun Dream. I reckon his pro- profile is beautifully in terms of you know, age, world ranking, kind of recent form. It ticks a lot of boxes for me. Will Zalatoris, yeah, five top eights in his first seven uh, majors of professional. Incredible record. Uh, I think this course suits his second stroke scan tee to green, six stroke scan off the tee, six greens in reg, just needs to find his way uh, over the line. Another one that kind of, yeah, 50 to 61, Mark, uh, Corey Connors, I think, is, um, yeah, a bit disappointing last week, but, yeah, he has built a pretty nice major record. He's got three top tens in in the Masters in the last three years. So, um, you know, he, he is as good a ball striker as, as there is on tour. And, yeah, I think it's going to hold him in pretty good nick this week. I think he's plenty of value there. Colin Murakawa is a name that sort of bobs up. Is this his sort of deck or can you just put a line straight through him? I wouldn't put a line through him. Um, he's, his superpower is strokes gain approach. It's the point where he sort of dominates the field. It hasn't been as strong as it has gone years gone by, but he's still right there. But his putting's not good. And he ranks 127 in strokes gain putting this year. Um if he can make some parts this week, he'll give it a shake, but I'm just not seeing it in his form at the moment. So he's a little bit like Spieth, just if putter heats up, uh, he's in the mix, but uh, more often than not, the putter's just not hot at all. Yeah, and that's that's the kind of opposite of like a, a Corey Connors. Mark Howell wins events and Connors doesn't because Connors is just a pretty average putter with no upside, no downside. Mark mm. the best putter over a week. There's more often than not, absolutely, towards the bottom of the field. So... Um, I'm kind of, yeah, full of grace with Mark. I couldn't put a line with him at his best, but I couldn't come near him this week in his current form. All right, outstanding stuff. All right, fingers crossed we can uh, get a couple in contention coming into the uh, the final groups on the last day. And uh, I'm sure if uh, you've been following these guys' stuff, you, you are convinced that they know what they're talking about and they're, they're definitely uh, steering you in the right direction of uh, what stats to look at when you do your week-to-week golf betting. But uh Big thanks from us at Little Birdie Headquarters, from uh, you, Top Rope, and Mike Dogger-Creedy. I think, Dogger, you're uh, going to depart and uh, get down to uh, the rest of your analysis for the rest of the week. Massive uh, weeks for you, the big majors, and uh, big thanks and good luck over the weekend. Cheers, lads. Enjoy. Good luck. All right. Well, uh, just a little bit of a plug here for uh, Club Tech. They're uh, Melbourne's leading golf repair shop. They're based in Coburg, and if you uh, put in Little Birdie as the promo code, you get 10% off, so... Make sure you check out clubtechgolf.com.au and uh, they do some pretty cool price matching too. So if you find a legitimate price somewhere out in the market, doesn't matter where from, uh, they'll uh, they'll marry it up and they'll uh, they'll beat it or they'll match it with uh, whatever price is out there in the market. So 
Uh, great to get around Club Tech Golf uh, if you're Melbourne-based or uh, anywhere in Australia. They'll uh, they'll ship to you there. But uh, we'll take a little bit of a short break. Big uh, Big Daddy will join us and top rope a stage just to keep him honest because I'm not up to date with uh, the golf stats as well. But um, Big Daddy will join us and we'll talk all things US Open with the maestro himself next. Welcome back to our US Open special, and it's time to chat to Big Daddy Adam Fraser. How are you, Fraser? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, good to be here. Mate, i got top rope to uh, keep you honest, but uh, good to see you in one piece. Recently, uh, just jetted across to Singapore for a uh, little bit of a freshen up or a holiday, but uh, I'm tipping you're not too fresh by the look of uh, your social media profile, but uh, we're... <laughs> <laughs> Gonna get stuck into the uh, the golf over at Massachusetts. So we've got Brookline, funny little uh, quirky little course. This, what can you tell us about it? Uh, well, it's going to put a premium on ball striking this week. Uh, very small greens. Uh, the rough looks to be fairly brutal. The greens are some of the smallest they play on tour. So uh, yeah, it's going to test all facets of your game. You've got to, you're going to have to have all the short game shots, um, but. It's gonna it's gonna help if you're a premium ball striker. So you, you're kind of looking at guys that gain shots on the field with their with their long game off the tee, um, greens in regulation. Those sort of players are going to be well advantaged this week. And and a guy that he hasn't been in very good form, but week in week out he does gain shots off the tee, and um, he does gain shots on the field usually greens in regulation. And that's John Rahm. John Rahm. Yeah, you, you see players tend to struggle when they switch companies' um, equipment, and he switched uh, to Callaway, and he struggled there for a little bit. But in recent tournaments, he started to find his mojo again. Uh, and all facets of his game just recently seem to be fairly strong. Now he comes in. He can. I think he's a. He's coming in at eighteen dollars ninety, but he's he's probably worth having a save a bet on because he. We know what he's capable of. He's a major winner, and I just, I just think this course can be very well suited to him with how, how his game sets up. And that's what uh, Top Rope said. He, he's just starting to uh, ease with a couple of bookmakers. He's usually just an auto uh, favorite selection around the eleven, twelve dollars. But as you said, he's starting to get around sort of the sixteen, seventeen, eighteen dollar mark, and he may even be uh, bigger by the time they, uh, they go, they jump. So uh, John Rahm, yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't think he's worth an outright just putting a lot of money on him um, as a as a big sort of outright bet, but I think he'd be worth having a save a bet on. Okay, so who have uh, who have you got rated uh, as your top pick or who's the best value bet for you? Well, Rory comes in number one uh, for me. He won last week, Canadian Open. He's been playing really well. Uh, he seems to get be getting things figured out. He said he's working really hard on his game. Uh, his scoring average is indicating that he's been playing really well. Justin Thomas has been playing well. Uh, Scotty Scheffler was off at the last major, the PGA, but overall uh, he comes in at number three on my list and he he's someone that you have to respect. I think he's a little bit maybe short in the price, um, but, I mean, he's still one of the top players on my list. But uh, Shane Lowry and Sam Burns. Sam Burns needs to prove himself in majors. Shane Lowry's someone that's been playing really well. Uh, he comes in five on my list. Cameron Smith's thereabouts. Uh, Jochen Neerman's thereabouts. Xander's sort of slipping down a little bit. He has been playing well. A, a player that has um, has got one of the best 
stroke averages in tough fields. So there's, there's, there's obviously uh, different events that they play through the year and some have weaker fields, some have medium strength fields and some have really strong fields. Uh, Will Zelatoris has been one of the best players when all the world's best players come together. Um, he has one of the best stroke averages and, and I think it'd be worth putting something on Will. He finished up there obviously in the PGA, but in general he's been playing very, very well um, when all the best players come together. So he's not afraid of the situation and, and um, it, it just scares me a little bit with the putter under pressure, but he's definitely worth having something on. He was there a really long way in the US PGA Championship and uh, top row, he was the one that you sort of signalled earlier in the show as a, uh, as, as a definite chance. Yeah, yeah, he's almost uh, he's almost my best player play in, in, in this week. He uh, uh, five top eights in his first seven major starts as a professional, which is just a, an incredible record. Uh, but also just profiles well in terms of his game: second strokes gained tee to green, six strokes gained off the tee, fifteenth driving distance, six greens in reg. Yeah, if the short game and the putter kind of hold up, he'll be right in the mix again. And also love that yeah, and second the PGA Championship, which was a Gil Hans redesign uh, as well. And sixth in the 2020 US Open, you know, kind of that Northeast golf is is reasonably unique and different to kind of a lot of what the, the PGA Tour players are playing on. So, um, yeah, very, very uh, keen on Zalatoris. So I think he's getting up to an absolutely delicious price around the $31 mark. Delicious. <laughs> Top row. Uh, what, um, whatever had the year uh, you, you lay or who, who are you happy to just put the, the red pen clear through? I'll go down my list a little bit. Let's have a look here. Looking at your model, uh, players just disappeared, just dropped right off the thing. So it's a little bit trickier to find uh, players that you that you want to pot, isn't uh, it? I think Xander has been playing well, but I, I just think he's a little bit short. I I, I think Cantlay's still a little bit short. I think Cantlay's been a little bit off. Uh, let's have a look here. Colin Morikawa would probably be someone that I'd be sticking clear of at the moment. He's He's not up to what he's capable of playing, the level that he's capable of playing at. Um, he's he's half the odds he should be, in my opinion. Mm. He's probably my best play for you know, a top five or something like that, or even a top three. I think he's. I, I, I won't be back in Colin this week. Okay, so Morikawa, Shuffley, and Xander, and uh, and Cantley as the uh, as the best lays there. Yeah, the best roughies. I think Russell Henley is he comes in at about two hundred and something to one on Betfair. Uh, I've got him priced at fifty six. Aaron Wise is another one that comes in at one hundred and twenty. I think it's about one hundred and twenty on Betfair. He comes in at forty nine on my prices. Um, Corey Connors is another one that's been playing well. I think he's um, He's double the odds that he should be. I've got him about forty six. Is about seventy odd dollars on Betfair. And what about uh, any tournament uh, matchups that tickle your fancy? I know you've uh, you've done really well on these. You got Aaron Wise and Cam Young uh, matched off together. But uh, have you cast your eye over a few of these? Oh, I have, to be honest, mate, I haven't even had a chance to look. But Tommy Fleetwood, I would be suggesting um, would be over the odds in a match bet, and uh, he's been playing really well. He's, I've got him double the odds he should be uh, on his pre-off prices. So I think any tournament match bet that you'd be uh, getting Tommy involved in, I think he would be over the odds. Um, 
But if you've got have you got any head to heads there, and I'll be able to give you a bit of a, an idea. I was going to have a look this afternoon, but I, I just flew in from overseas yesterday, so I haven't had a chance to have a look. Man, I tell you what, they have got more tournament matchups than you can poke a stick at. There is yeah. literally a hundred of them, so you can sink your teeth into, I guess, players like uh, Wise Fleetwood, Wise Fleetwood Henley, uh, Zelatoris, and and go that way. But uh, Tommy Fleetwood, I see, is against uh, Gary Woodland, a dollar sixty-five and two twenty-four for Woodland, and then. Uh, he's two oh three outsider against Mido Pereira at a dollar seventy nine, and then Tyrrell Hatton he takes on as well. So Fleetwood's a dollar seventy three against Hatton two eleven. Fleetwood's what'd you say? Fleetwood's a dollar seventy three against Tyrrell. Yeah. And what was Hatton? Two eleven. Yeah, I think Fleetwood's playing a lot better than Hatton at the moment. Um, be... Fleetwood one eighty two against Louis Ostersen. I, I, in a match bet, I'd be taking, I'd be betting against Morikawa because they're probably going to match him up against a good player. Who have they got Morikawa against? Mm, he's, he's just about against uh, oh, a heap of players. Victor Hovland he's against. Webb Simpson he's against. Uh, they've literally got millions of markets here, top sport. They've done a really good job with this one. I imagine you'd be keen, you'd be keen phrase on the dollar eighty Neiman against uh, Morikawa. I'd be taking Neiman, yeah. Mm, yeah. Shane Lowry's a dollar eighty six against Morikawa at one ninety five. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely take Lowry over. He, he's a dollar ninety six, is he? Mm. Uh, yeah, one eighty six. Shane Lowry, one ninety five. Morikawa. Yeah, I'd, Lowry's playing so much better than Morikawa at the moment. You'd have to take that. Zalatoris one seventy six against Morikawa as well. Yeah, Zalatoris is playing a lot better than um, Morikawa as well. So you'd have to take that. I'll tell you what, this is uh, starting to loom like super multi-tips. You guys might be uh, just <laughs> multing into a uh, a nice little unit if, uh, if we keep going. But uh, make sure you multi responsibly and only try and uh, chuck in a couple of legs because uh, I'll tell you what, these, going down this path of Yankees and all these multi-manders to try and win your way to a $700,000 collect, I tell you what, it's fraught with danger. Good luck <laughs> if you can do it and you can pick the eyes out of it, but it's not just uh, as easy as it looks. <laughs> uh, I uh, I don't have any top uh, big bets from uh, Tristan, so we might uh, put them in in the email. So make sure you uh, you tune into our weekly email, Little Birdie Podcast, if you want to have the big bets. But uh, Tristan must have a uh, a fair bit on his plate, so I can't even tell you where the money's going at this stage through with Top Sport. But what I can tell you is. Big Daddy, for $55, you can get the uh, the last five tournaments. So you'll get the Open Championship and the US Open, and there'll be a couple other of the bigger uh, tournaments for the rest of the year. So 55 bucks is pretty good value. 11 bucks a tournament, and you get his uh, top selections and have a little bit of a bow peep at his model, um, which has been churning out winners uh, for the last couple of years very successfully. So well, we haven't had many drop off. It's just been uh, everyone piling onto that sub. So make sure you check out uh, Big Daddy's tips there. But... Um, Phrase, I might let you uh, go and catch up on a little bit more uh, rest and sleep, and uh, it's going to be a massive weekend. I tell you what, these golf tournaments, geez, they're popping up quickly, and uh, there's just so much to bet on at the moment. It's uh, they're coming yeah. around just absolutely beautifully, aren't they? Yeah, looking forward to it. And the, the, looking forward to the British Open soon as well. So we've got this one this weekend and the British Open next month. So it should be great. It's outstanding. All right, thanks, Top Rope. It's been. Uh, very entertaining, and fingers crossed uh, if we can get one of your roughies home. Hopefully, Luke List doesn't do a mito uh, on the uh, on the final couple of holes and just absolutely drop his bundle. And maybe Zelatoris can sort of hold out as well. But uh, we can't. We're due for a real nice, uh, juicy roughie to love. I would have thought. 
if Luke Liss is in contention, Scooty, I'm going for a nice long walk. <laughs> you hide, <laughs> hide in the cupboard, as Walt says. <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> it's always a great, uh, it's always a great podcast. Love, love Major Week. Fingers crossed we've uh, found you guys a winner at home and uh, Big Daddy's uh, a specialist at those tournament head-to-head matchups. So make sure you rewind the uh, tape and uh, couple up a couple of those uh, tournament head-to-heads and uh, have a bit of a swing against a couple of out-of-form players. But uh, big thanks to you, Fraze, and a big thanks to Top Sport, who are Australia's biggest betting bookie. If you want to support someone legitimately Australian-owned that puts back in the community, make sure you go and sign up an account with Top Sport. These guys have got the biggest limits, so uh, they will definitely get you set for the right amount. And uh, they've been in the game for 35 years, Tristan and Lloyd Merlihan and the family there. They do a terrific job, and they're all about grassroots and community. So uh, they uh, all the money stays uh, in Australia, and there's no trick shots with top sports. So big thanks to everyone and our major sponsors with uh, Club Tech as well, jumping on board, and puntingform.com.au also. But uh, we'll catch you at the next major, the Open Championship. See you guys.